your name? Hal. Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan. I am Avinsar, protector of sector. Okay, hey, hey, listen. We're going to get you to a hospital, okay? Okay, one, 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 carries purple blood. The ring, it shows you. Take it. Place the ring in the lantern. Place the ring. Speak the oath. What? Great honor. Responsibility. I don't understand. Breathe. Hey, hey, breathe. You just got to breathe, okay? All you got to do is breathe. Just, just, just breathe. Okay. Hey, 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 no, 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 hey, hey. Hey, 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 come on, man. No, 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 don't do that. Hey, no, don't, 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 don't do that. Ah, oh, come on. All right, guys, so welcome back to an episode of Chuck Goes to the Movies, and I'm being joined again by Rob. Rob, how are you doing today? It's Rob, so many B's that I've just lost count. Uh, so today we are going to be talking about a movie that I have mentioned many times on this podcast and you and I have briefly talked about on previous episodes, The Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively and that whole crew. So just a little bit of background for those of you who may not know from those previous episodes, I have talked about how I tried to watch this movie before when it first came out and I could not get into it whatsoever. So I actually stopped watching it and I haven't tried to watch it since several people, including my own best friend and yours truly Rababa have convinced me, been trying to convince me to watch this movie again and give it another try. And I have, and I'm actually glad that I did give it another try because I did end up enjoying the movie when I went back into it and tried it again. So I can see why people liked it. I can also see why people hated it. And I'm sure we're going to get into a discussion on both ends of those, uh, both ends of that spectrum throughout this episode. Rob, do you have anything that you would like to add before we really dive in? I want to say that when you're watching this film, if you've never seen it before, or if you have seen it before, just keep in mind, it's the only film that the Green Lantern has. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's a main thing to keep important because of the amount of how it does get a lot of bad, uh, I guess, hatred towards it, especially Rotten Tomatoes. Basically, anybody has ever seen it, even Ryan Reynolds himself, the <laughs> actor that played in it, happened to crack jokes in Deadpool about it. But I think the main thing is if you're a Green Lantern fan, like for me, that was the only film that was available for the Green Lantern, even though they're doing a remake in 2020. Hopefully, if everything goes accordingly, they're going to be making another Green Lantern film. We'll see, and I—I I don't know—is another Green Lantern film really necessary? Warner Brothers has not exactly been knocking them out of the don't park. Don't take this! Don't don't take this away from me, Chuck. <laughs> the pandemic has taken too much from me already. I don't need the Green Lantern movie to be stalled. Well, I, all right, I gotta I gotta play the devil's advocate here. I mean, is so. Do we do we really do we really think Warner Brothers is capable of producing a decent Green Lantern movie? I mean. Let's let's take a look at their track record here. What are the best Warner Brothers slash DC films to come out lately? Batman. Which one? All of them. Uh, so are you lumping Batman versus Superman into that? I didn't see that one with Ben Affleck. Okay. So aside from the Dark Knight trilogy, which is an absolutely amazing set of films, uh, let's talk anything that happened from Man of Steel and after. Okay. What about Shazam? I that's what I'm saying. I, there are films that Warner Brothers slash DC has managed to really do well in. Shazam is one of them. I liked Wonder Woman despite the ending fight scene, and I thought Aquaman was actually pretty decent. 
I liked Aquaman. I thought the weird thing was about those movies is the time they came out was when a lot of other major works were coming out as well. It seemed like Aquaman slid under the radar a little bit. I mean, it was still up there. People always talked about Jason Momoa. Yeah. But then Wonder Woman, for instance, I had to go find that one on my own. I had I got, like I didn't even didn't see that one in theaters very long. I can't remember how long it was. I I did go see that one in theaters and it was a great movie, but I don't remember how like long. I thought Megan Fox was supposed to be Wonder Woman. And next thing I know, it's some other chick I'm watching on the screen. I'm like, this is not what I wanted to but see. Gal Gadot did a great job with it. I guess, but still Megan Fox. I know you have this thing for Megan Fox. I have a thing with Megan Fox and Kate Upton. I watched her eat a hot pocket in a commercial. <laughs> and it was the hottest thing I've ever seen. Uh, all right, so now that we know what turns Rob of the on, let's uh, dive into some movie-specific things real quick, and then we'll get into the meats and potatoes of all this. So this film was released June 17th of 2011. It had an estimated budget of $200 million. That's a lot of money. And I'm going to tell you right now that its worldwide gross only did $19 million more than its budget you're making me hate this movie stop well, no 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 no. i i always have to give the facts and then we can go into an objective discussion as to why people should like this i'm movie. thinking now what they spent 200 million dollars on that film and they got that out of that it was wow 80 percent cgi so i'm assuming that's where all the budget went all right that makes sense the suit i know ryan reynolds all the, had a problem the, with this yeah suit, the suit was i think every chick out there was pretty happy with the suit i i i was a hater of the suit too but I actually found a reason to defend it, and I'll talk about that here in a little bit. The obliques, bro. What do you mean? Did you see his abs? No, no, no. They no, were no. perfect. Yeah, I mean, that is a superhero they, right they there. Made, they made Those him fucking have, obliques come in. I mean, no homo. Ryan Reynolds is already a built, well-defined person, but and they made him look great in that CGI suit, but the CGI suit looked pretty cheesy, you have to admit. But there is a reason to like it, and there's a reason to defend it. And I, like I said, I will go there in just one moment so with that given in mind i'm not going to go into any critic reviews or anything like that because we all basically know where that what direction that's headed nobody liked it nobody did i did look at it and i'm not even going to sit there and talk about some of the stuff that they said so what's important yeah, hang on you're angering me now i'm trying not to i'm trying to get to the point where the you can defend this the reason why this movie was hated so badly was because of the fact it seemed like they fused multiple movies into one. I think a lot of the things that we all wanted to really see when we're watching the film, especially is a little bit more of the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, Ryan Reynolds has a very good uh, personality or profile. It's a bit of a humor actor, mm -hmm. but more of the lines of like an uncle that really like when you see him in the beginning, when he's hopping out of that girl's or, or he's hopping out of his bed and there's a girl laying in the bed and he's rushing out the door, trying to put his shoes on, <laughs> he's wrapping a present while he's driving a car. Like it's the whole, like the late uncle, but tr still tries to do his best, but can never work it up and make it to the point. Like we all know someone like that. Yeah. Um, I think, the training scene, for instance, when he's training and, uh, you know, he's like, gravity's a bitch, you know, that whole scene part. I believe that should have been extended a lot longer. They rushed that part. You didn't really get to see him use the ring a whole lot um, compared to how I think it should have been used. I think, um, you know, 
if you want to be more realistic with it, if you're going to have the ring and you're going to have the powers on, you're going to be doing some dumb stuff. I wish they would have showed that part of it, you know, him like trying to learn the ring and blow up his house or, you know, some crazy stuff happening like most films do. But it was more of he already, you know, he gets teleported to another place and they immediately start teaching him. Already, we're about 20 minutes in the movie when all this is going on, and it's rushing very, very quickly. And I feel like that was the problem with it. It seemed like it, it should have been split into two parts here. I, and I, I, you stole the words literally right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was a very rushed film. They didn't spend enough time going over the little nuances and the details. Uh, we would have loved to have seen a little bit more backstory and a little bit more elaboration on some parts. And absolutely right it's like one minute he meets this alien and then the next minute he has the ring and then the next minute he's green lantern and he's training and it's just it all happens so fast and that is probably one of the things that kind of did destroy the film in itself is that it just was so fast paced it was non-stop it didn't give you a chance to process it really didn't give you a chance to relate either but there are some redeeming qualities about this film so let's dive into it a little bit. Um, you know, I like to talk about the cast really before we start talking about the movie itself. So let's talk about the cast a little bit. You've already said it right there. Ryan Reynolds was perfectly cast for this role. He makes actually he's perfectly cast for almost any role he does. But uh, he was he really did a great job with what he was given for this role. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, he met his wife on this. Yes, set. I think that's beautiful. A, one of language. the most. Yeah, that's one of the most important things I always talk about this movie is you literally get to see actual love in the movie um, when they're kissing. It's a real not like didn't seem like it was a fake. It seemed like there was some passion behind it. And you get to see that they actually, you know, there were sparks flying on set and then eventually they end up getting married. Um, it was great. I chemistry. think that. It, yeah, I think that's prime importance to why people should relook at this movie and say it's not terrible because there are some good things that are added to it. I just believe, like I said, it's it was a bit rushed. Yes, definitely a bit rushed. And while I'm not 100% thrilled with Blake Lively's performance in this film, again, she worked very well with Ryan Reynolds and we've seen how that has paid off in their personal lives and stuff like that. But... I really feel, again, they hid a lot behind the CGI, so they had some really big name stars in here that you really didn't get a chance to see because they were hidden behind CGI. Mark Strong, tremendous actor, been in a lot of things, Kingsman, uh, both of those sequels, he's been in uh, Kick-Ass, all sorts of stuff, but he, here he is as this pink, I already forgot the name of his character, please forgive me, what is the name of his character? Sinestro, Sinestro. Did I get that right? Yeah, if you're talking about the guy with the yellow ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, about to say the way you were looking at me, and I'm just like, okay. I, there were two pink people, so I, sorry, I was confused. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, and then you have... Um, pink power, bro. Pink power. Pink. Hey. Uh, all pink matters. And... Um, or they're in support of breast cancer. Yes. Uh, did you have... What does the green mean, then? In support of Lyme's disease? No, in support of LimeWire. Fucking LimeWire. About to say everybody listening to this should know what LimeWire is, and if you don't, just stop now. Um, not old enough. Not old enough. Um, then you have actors like Jeffrey Rush and Michael Clark Duncan hidden again behind CGI. Jeffrey Rush was the bird-like character. Michael Clark Duncan was the guy training him for that very short period of time. You know, throwing all those one-liners out there, stuff like "Gravity's a bitch." You know, <clears throat> you do a better impression of it than I am. I'm not great at impressions. 
I think the thing is that I kind of wanted to make this episode a little bit different on the Green Lantern is the fact that every time we listen to a movie review, and much like we've known from our past episodes mm-hmm. of working together, it's all about the moments and what we really enjoyed about the film, but also our experience while watching yeah. it, too. I mean, I saw this film um, sitting at my house. I was staying home sick from school, emphasis on sick. <laughs> uh, was kind of faking it a little bit, but I remember eating chicken noodle soup with some saltine crackers, and I'm watching you know, the whole training episode and the whole thing going. And I, I was a big fan of Justice League at the time. This is when it was on TV, um, and I was watching it, and Green Lantern was one of my favorite heroes. So watching this movie, it was a, a little bit different, a little bit of a shock to me, um, only because Ryan Reynolds playing the position when in the cartoon it was played by um you know a, bl- a, a colored person so it was a different because i always support the green lantern for that it was the way he was human but he had a ring that gave him power but it was about this code this ethics this motto this kind of thing that they all went upon and i think there even though this movie was completely rushed there are moments in this movie besides like we're talking about the cheesy one-liners or whatever. Like I've known you all my life. You think I can't tell, you know, just cause you're hiding your cheekbones. Like that moment with Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty good, but <laughs> yeah, she, you know, that was, there were good moments, but like I said, and then it was really, really confusing a lot of it too, because there's a lot of jumping off points. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of going from Ryan Reynolds to going over to the other guy that was getting infected with the fear ring. Um, and then, you know, at the ending, it seemed like it was a whole giant battle, but it was all way too quick. They should have lasted a lot longer or split it into two movies. I would like a little bit more story behind it, but it felt like I was watching it on like, times two speed yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't in, like i'm sitting there like well how are we already on the main battle scene we're only like 30 minutes in yeah no uh, unlike man of steel where we watched that final battle for what felt like half the movie but no i mean there are just important moments that you can relate to watching this movie um I mean, so when I sat down to rewatch this for the sake of trying to find a reason to like it or, you know, like it at all, you know, I went into it with an open mind and I sat here and was like, okay, well, my best friend is telling me this movie is great. Don't listen to all the hate. You know, I've got Rob telling me this movie is great. Don't listen to all the hate. Oh, I was your best friend. <clears throat> Don't listen to all the hate. <laughs> um. You know, and so I'm just watching the movie and I'm trying not to remember my own hate from the uh, previous time of trying to watch this movie. And I, I I did enjoy it for those. In fact, I'm historically against all the romantic parts of movies in my podcast. If any, if you've ever listened to any of my previous episodes, I usually hate the romantic parts of movies. I actually thought that was the most well done part of this movie. And I can, you know, as a as a married man for almost 10 years. I can appreciate the the connection and the love that they try to put into this movie for the for those scenes between Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively Blake Lively. And I actually sat there and I thought of, you know, man, you know, what if Karen and I had those moments and stuff like that? So I really connected with the movie on that level more than I did anything else. And then towards the end of the movie, I really found other reasons to like it. So it is those little moments and those little things or the thought processes going through your head while you're watching that really can define your take on a movie or not. What would you consider your favorite part in the movie? 
I would have to consider my favorite part in the whole movie. Ah, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I like the bar scene. I like the scene where he and Blake go out to the bar. You know, they're having a drink. They're sharing a laugh. They're, it's like a true moment. You know, he forces her to start dancing with him and stuff like that. And call me a sap. It just it, that really tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. And I think that's the point I really solidified that I did like this movie. So it didn't matter what direction it went afterwards. I was going to be in support of whatever happened. And then it pretty fun fight scene to follow it up and stuff like that. So um, where he discovers that he has this fist of power, which was pretty awesome. Uh, I would have to say that's my favorite part. And then in a very, very close second, uh, Taika Waititi, just any scene with him is fucking hilarious. He's awesome. I, th- I think my favorite part is the one that I can probably relate to if I had the power of the Green Lantern, which is testing out the suit where he goes and like six his arms. Oh, you got to charge it. You got to bring it up to the Lantern. And he charges the ring and he does it. And the suit goes on like, whoa. And they're like, just freaking out. Like, that's what I wish they would have kind of expanded on a little bit more was him messing around with the new power that he had instead of being immediately like all mystical and wise with his ring and all and immediately getting pulled into the, uh, the Green Lantern. I was like, hang on, let's mess around a little bit. Let's try and open up bottles out of the fridge with the ring. Let's try and do something, you know. I like that aspect of it. There's so many things they could have done better with this film. And just expanding on those little moments would have just been perfect. So, But also keeping in mind that it is the only Green Lantern film. So don't crap on it too bad, even though there's a lot of mistakes in it, a lot of stuff that should have been expanded on. Now, if I had to ask you what would be the worst part, I feel like you could have left out in the movie. Because I can tell you, I feel the... It didn't. I mean, it made sense to bring in the conflict of the general son that was infected and kind of tried to crash the helicopter and show the hatred in between that. But I feel like the whole, like the really the a fucking racetrack he created out of anything he could have created to cause less damage. He caused the most childish like thing, which goes good with the character. But it really was like, all right, man, like, come on now. Like we're going to only see a few of these ring things happening of you creating stuff until the ending scene. Can you at least do something a little bit longer not some child's hot wheels track? They, uh, they used up all their $200 million budget and that's all they could really afford to do. I have no idea. And I agree. The whole race car track thing, was kind of silly, but I, 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 honestly, the thing I probably disliked the most is, like you said, the general's son. I really felt like it was a side story that was very distracting. It, I could have, you could cut that whole sequence out, and the story would still be, you know, intact. Quite honestly, well, they try to create. It, that's the part where we say it could have been split into two movies. They tried to create two different villains. Yeah, and they it had just didn't one work. negative energy that was infecting Sinestro and then infecting this guy, and it was. It was two two things like having two Lex Luthers going <laughs> against Superman. You're like, fuck, I can't. I can only keep track of yeah. one. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Um, they did try to create those two villains, and you know, Peter Skarsgård, uh, as good of an actor as he is, he just really wasn't that convincing to me in this role of being very villainous. And you know, then trying to create that quasi love triangle thing where he's in love with Blake Lively's character and stuff like that, and he's just what does she see in you and stuff? It, it, it was very, very childish, very childish in my mind. And I could have done without that whole thing. What would you say you think should have been, I guess, expanded on more, like more 
focus on tours. I had this, I would say the ending or a little bit where they're kind of talking to the council of elders mm-hmm. and that whole group of them. I wish that would have been, that should have been a whole nother movie. I feel like that, that whole storyline either should have been the whole beginning where it should have taught you for a good 30 minutes about what's going on. Cause I mean, the green lantern as popular as he is, is not the most popular superhero like Batman. Mm-hmm. So when you come across the green lantern, a lot of people are seeing the green lantern for the first time in this movie. So nobody knows what the hell any of the backstory is. They didn't know that there's not just Hal Jordan, there's multiple other green lanterns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that ring has been passed down for a while. So a lot of people don't know the story behind Hal Jordan. I think the one thing they did wrong also was in the beginning. They should have let a little bit more into his life and all of the stuff he was facing when his dad blew up. And there was just that quick scene. It was like, hold on a second. Let's really get the audience into their feels right now and take gravity of that situation and really kind of expand on it. I think, uh, I think the whole scene where... His father blew up and we only got that little quick snippet of it is they had to establish something that made Hal Jordan vulnerable. You know, he's this confident guy. He goes out there. He thinks he's the shit. He knows he's the shit. And he does everything almost perfectly without any quote unquote fear. But then they had to go back and sit there and say, well, there is something that bothers him. There is something that causes him to freeze up, and this is it. But hey, we got to get back to the story. So here's a little snippet of it. This is what happened to his dad. This is why he freezes. Okay, resume. Um, they they could have expanded a lot more on that. I agree. I love the whole... I love any interaction with the elders, the immortals. And I just... I wanted more of that. Because there's a whole backstory setting up the, you know... The Lantern Corps, the Green Lantern Corps, and things like that. You you want to know, and if you have never read a comic book about Green Lantern, or you didn't even do any research or anything into the history of the Green Lantern, you don't know this stuff. But you just have to accept the fact that this stuff is there. These people exist. There's this whole core. There's this whole immortal council, and that there was bad blood, which is why one of them is no longer there and is trying to defeat everything. I. It, uh, going back and doing a backstory is honestly probably would not be a bad thing. Is it a necessary thing for them to do? No, but it wouldn't be a bad thing for them to go back and do either because there are people like me who are never going to pick up a comic book and go read it for ourselves. I think it was pretty cool, though, when they switched over Sinestro and he grabbed the yellow ring of fear and he got to see that whole change. I mean... I think that was a pretty cool add-on because you literally saw how the elders, it's like Mortal Kombat where the elders wouldn't help Raiden out until like the last minute after mm-hmm. he killed Liu Kang. And they're just like, all right, um, we don't we don't choose to get involved. And then he's like, you turn your back on me, I turn my back on you. And then he flies off with the yellow ring. And next thing you know, it's like you get this whole shift and this change and a new enemy occurs. And it leads to like a Green Lantern 2 at the ending. It leaves you with that cliffhanger. But I mean, the rings are have an incredible backstory. There's five of them. Um, you know, there's a pink one, which is like love. Uh, there's a red one, obviously. There's been a few uh, Justice League episodes where you get to see all the rings in action, each what their powerful capabilities are. If I had to ask you what ring would you choose, what would it be? Well, since I've only have been exposed to two and now three, because you've told me about the pink one and I have no idea what the red one does. Blue, green, red, yellow, and then pink. Okay. And they all kind of the go with the color wheel a little bit. So like green is supposed to be pride. Red's supposed to be anger. 
rage and then uh, so I, the yellow ring is fear pink i guess is love yeah uh what would blue be empathy blues like uh confidence or okay. something um as cliche as it's going to sound i'd probably choose the green ring i mean it's funny because if you look at the rings and who the, are the people that are wielding them, they go perfectly with that person. Like the red ring is on some big ogre sized dude, like huge and ginormous. that just wants to blast through walls and, you know, go crazy and insane. And, uh, you know, the pink one is, you know, wielded by a girl or somebody that's really in touch with their emotions. <laughs> um, I think it's crazy to see because, it's a lot like Shazam a little bit. I mean, this, that character swap, you know, the villain obviously kind of being the same guy. It's like, it has this a magical element to it um, where he ends up needing more. I mean, there's a point in the comic series where the whole Green Lantern core gets destroyed mm-hmm. and Hal Jordan has to rebuild it. So he kind of does the same thing that he, that they do in Shazam where he gets multiple people to help. Um, which is pretty interesting. Like I said, a lot of this, if you go back, read the comics, if you go back and watch Justice League or any of these shows, you're going to have a lot more respect for this movie. I think that's the whole point of this thing is it's hard to do a movie review on a movie that kind of gets crapped on just because a lot of the people that have seen it haven't really understood the backstory behind Green Lantern. And it's it's harder to do a movie review too when... That's all. So, you know, I, here I am kind of throwing myself under the bus here. It's harder to do a movie review, a objective movie review, if you don't go and kind of do your own research into it or you don't uh, try to find out information outside for yourself. So it's like it's the same thing. I'm a I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. So I, I really hate it when people, you know, watch the Harry Potter movies and they think they know everything about it. I'm like, dude, you don't know anything. You don't know shit. You know the movies. You don't know the story. You ain't a Hufflepuff. Exactly. You, you don't know, know you don't know my story. You don't know anything. And if you knew if you knew the books, you would think you would honestly just think the movies are crap. I love the movies though. So uh I, at least I'm okay with how they gave him the lantern at least. Like the yeah. ring founds at least it wasn't like he was searching through like an old Chinese like s- store or some China like, that came in the back and there was like a dusty lamp. He rubbed it. Next thing you know, he got three fucking wishes. Like, at least that didn't <laughs> no, this is not like a modern day Aladdin. This is. It, I like the way he came across, like how he, again, like, there were so many great concepts here, just not executed properly. I love the way he came across, you know, he got exposed to the ring, the lantern, stuff like that. But it just, again, all happens so fast and you just kind of wish they would have taken the time, you know, make love to the damn movie. Don't, don't, don't get your nut and get out. Yeah. You think that Ryan Reynolds was actually making fun of the Green Lantern or do you think it was a ploy to get people to go look at that movie because it didn't get so much respect to it, I would say. A little bit of both because he's been very outspoken even before Deadpool 2 about how much he disliked the Green Lantern. He wasn't a fan of how the movie turned out, anything like that. Um you know, which is why I think he puts his heart and soul into Deadpool because he wanted it to be the superhero movie that he thinks people deserve. And I mean, Deadpool and Deadpool 2 just surpassed all expectations and odds. And Well, that's his character. It's the same reason why you look at Chris Evans now. You don't see the Human Torch. You see Captain America. And he did. I thought he did fine as the Human Torch. 
I did too, but apparently people didn't think Ryan Reynolds did fine as Green Lantern. I thought he did okay. He did fine. You know, he did fine as Green Lantern. I, I did. Blake Lively loved it. I did. She did love it. She married it. Um, yes. he did fine as uh Green Lantern. I just again, I have my opinions about Warner Brothers and DC, and I just feel like Warner Brothers screwed the pooch on this one. And I'm not even going to blame the director because the directors of fantastic director and has given us some great movies over the years martin campbell but warner brothers just likes to have their fingers in everything and if it doesn't if it isn't going the way they want it they're going to make it go the way they want and we learned that with justice league you know Zack snyder has famously said and now we're getting the Zack snyder justice league cut that that was not the movie he made uh, David Ayer has famously said that Suicide Squad was that the movie we saw in theaters or, you know, see now is not the movie he made. Well, it's a giant corporation that is trying to, you know, get their name on every single thing. I just feel like if you're going to put your name on it, just put your name on it. Don't sit there and mess with the director's vision of it. Put your name on it and trust the people that you have put in place to make your films. And I, that's what makes the Marvel movies successful whether you're a marvel fan or not you cannot deny that those movies have been successful because marvel disney they all put their name on it but they all stepped back and let the filmmakers do what they needed to do and they let the actors do what they needed to do they let the storytellers do what they needed to do and that's why marvel is always going to be leaps and bounds better than most dc movies were ever going to get and it's a shame because DC does, in my opinion, have the better superheroes and the better stories. I would have to argue on that point. I think the way you're looking at it is more of the family aspect behind it. I think Marvel is good for if you're going to bring your kids to the movies and you're going to want to see like a good entertaining family. Did one. you see Deadpool? But I did. That's not a family I, movie. <laughs> that's a rare, that's an anomaly. But what I'm saying is with the Dark Knight and all these other DC movies that come out, they're more of dark, twisted yes. things. If you look at both the comics in general, all the Marvel comics are more about like all oh, family kind of comics. And then if you look at stuff like uh, DC, it's a lot about parents getting killed to get their powers or to get their abilities or to get their story being told. I mean, it's never a bright, cheery, happy way. It's always something that bad has has happened to make this hero into something it's not like uh peter parker gets bit by a freaking spider no this is like someone's some kid's parents just got shot out of an opera theater so it's like it's not a happy one but then that should be all the more reason for dc and warner brothers to let their filmmakers make the make these films because these filmmakers are out there to do justice to these films not butcher them just I know I had to throw that word in there and nice tie in. Um, I don't even remember what your original question was, <laughs> went on a little tangent there. It's okay, it happens when you're talking about films. Yes, that's the best part of doing these film talks is just going on these little tangents. Uh, but let's talk about the suit. I want to talk about the suit. I've been dying to talk about the suit. What's wrong with the There's suit? There's nothing wrong with the suit. See, that's the that's the thing. I'm here to defend it now. I hated Thank you. I hated it at first. I hated the whole CGI the thing. Why? The obliques, bro. The obliques. Look at the obliques. I wish I had Go him. Back I wish and I had highlight his the obliques. I wish I had him. I wish I had his abs. But 
the the simple matter the fact of the matter is, is that's I'm, a lot of dedication in cans of tuna good sir yes and I, I i'm i'm close i'm getting there um the suit i'm here to defend the suit so despite the fact that it's just this really distracting cgi thing that's the brilliance of it that is actually the brilliance of it so he has to he's wearing the ring and then the suit appears it literally replaces whatever he is wearing and it just and it kind of forms his body. It, uh, not even forms his body. It kind of redesigns his body. Then having to throw on a costume every time you need to go do something, right? Hey, look, it is so much more convenient than going into a random phone booth and blowing it up and then coming out as Superman. Like, if fucking yes. that phone booth's done. This is just like, immediately the costume comes on. And then the mask is to hide his identity, which doesn't make any sense because of any, anybody. It look like you look like a raccoon, basically, with the mask. I mean, the whole, what is it? That, that was my exact thought. Yeah. No, that was my exact thought. With the first time he made his appearance as the Green Lantern and he did the whole racetrack thing. I mean, he's just he's hovering there in the air and all he's wearing is this stupid little mask over his eyes. I'm like, guys, can y'all not see that's Hal Jordan? Are y'all all that dumb? Y'all can't see that's Hal I Jordan. I mean, can we but- really complain? Because if we look at freaking uh, Superman... I mean, come on now. He just wears glasses. Glasses. <laughs> um, like, and then, you know, Batman wears a cowl and changes his voice. But, I mean, still. Yeah, but nobody's thinking rich boy Bruce Wayne is going out and fighting crime at night and breaking people's wrists. little side tangent here. I think that's the brilliance behind Marvel, though, is that the they let their superhero alter egos... They they let them all be one person, you know. Tony Stark let the whole world know he's Iron Man. Everybody knows who's Cap- who Captain America. Everybody knows who these guys are. Whereas in DC, everybody does not know because they want to hide their identities, which is fine. But the suit itself being CGI is beautiful because the ring provides energy. Its output is energy, and that's exactly why the suit looks the way it does. It's energy. If you if you really sit there and think about it, the racetrack he created looks exactly like the suit he's wearing. The the mega fist he creates, same type of energy of the suit he's wearing. So you can defend it being CGI instead of an actual real suit. And when you think of it in that aspect, you can actually appreciate the suit a little bit more and the thought that they put into it. They wanted to really show you the powers that this ring has and it's creating that energy suit to make him who he is. I think that's what I really enjoy about it is the fact that anybody who wears the ring is going to come up with completely different ideas to be able to handle a situation such as like, you know, when he put the hooks into the ground, uh, when that, when the Mm -hmm. dude brought up the sun or whatever, and the gravitational pool started taking, he put hooks in the ground, he put jets at the ending to keep him away from the actual gravitational pool from the sun. But everyone had their own thing. The dude had a drill bit thing that was trying to break down on his shield. Like Mm -hmm. it's cool to see the way, like, what's your brain going to think of? Like if I was going to use the ring compared to you were going to use the ring, you'd be thinking of completely different things to handle a situation than I would be. And I think that's an interesting kind of thing about the ring in general. I mean, the costume is amazing. Come on now. The the costume is amazing, but the, yes, that's what makes the ring awesome. The ring itself is the source of power, but it doesn't provide you any specific power. It just helps you hone the power in your own specific way. So, like you said, anybody who wears the ring is going to come up with something different. And everything that he came up with, the racetrack, obviously had some sort of significance to him. Um, 
the fact that he created entire Gatling gun and stuff like that, you know, those are things that are significant to him in his mind and how his brain operates in response to things. And I, I think that's actually just a beautiful thing that the ring doesn't force you to do anything. You just harness that power in a way that you feel is the right way to do it. It's kind of a neat little story if you really think about yeah. it. Yeah, It's also neat how the ring chooses its wearer. And then you're looking at yes. why it shows how Jordan realized he had true, very Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he had true potential. That's why it shows. <laughs> very Lord of the Rings. The ring chose you. Except there's um, no little two foot tall midget that's holding a ring trying to imagine if that if he goes to try and do his Green Lantern powers and something just comes up and bites his finger off and runs off with the <laughs> ring. Well, you're <laughs> fucked. The whole planet's fucked. Oh, everyone's dead because you lost your ring. We've got it, my precious. Um, fantastic movie. Yeah. It, it, it really is. I, I can't. I can't. Would you recommend it to anybody else who has never seen it before? Yes. Would and you pay? I would, I would give them the same recommendation as everyone has given me. Do not go into it thinking about anything anybody else has ever said, positive or negative. Go into it with your own mindset. I'm gonna change my question. Okay. Recommending it to someone to go buy the ticket in a theater, so paying the $16 or whatever for a ticket. I honestly, now that I can appreciate this film, wish I could go back in time and see it in theaters. Okay. I really do. I think it would have been phenomenal on the screen. Do you think a kid is going to enjoy that movie? I think my son's when they're really old enough to understand it, would enjoy it. Do you think they would enjoy it more if they were in- introduced to the comic first? Um, quite possibly. My my oldest is starting to get into comics a little bit, so he would probably appreciate it a little bit more after reading a comic versus just like diving into it hmm. in a movie form. Why? Because I'm thinking if you introduce them to the idea like I was with Justice League at first, and I knew about mm-hmm. Green Lantern, it made me love the movie, even though it, when I was watching it, I wasn't that out of my seat. I was more out of my seat when Batman came on than when uh, Green Lantern movie was happening. I was more just like, I got to watch this because this is the only movie we have for Green Lantern. Yeah, uh, you, they probably they probably would. Um, being that DC, uh, from the DC universe, the only two superheroes I just, I honestly would ever even care about are Batman and Superman. I just honestly, you know, Green Lantern, what the, what the hell is Green Lantern? I, I almost felt the same way about like Wonder Woman and Aquaman. I mean, I knew the names, but I'm just like, who really gives a damn? I do. <laughs> well, I didn't at the time. I'm learning to love these characters a lot more. I'm judging you silently. I about to say I saw the mute button go on. Yeah. Judging you silently. <laughs> I had to. Well, you're judging me. I'm. I'm telling you that with the open, more open. I mind, just wish I'm he got to more. Appreciate this stuff. Somebody needs to do better advertising. That's all I gotta say. Is that the Green Lantern does not get all the credit he's due. I agree. Um, I think there's some superheroes I, we could lose out of the limelight and highlight a little bit other ones like the Green Lantern. I don't think, uh, you mean, Ant-Man's cool and all when he's played by Paul Rudd, but the actual superhero is kind of annoying. Uh, I definitely think, you know, Scarlett Johansson is hot as she is. She definitely should be getting all the credit. And who the gives a crap about 
Hawkeye. I do not want to see Black. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of Hawkeye. He's got some funny one-liners throughout the uh, movie, like throughout the film. But and now his name's know. Ronan, and he shaved his head, and he's all depressed and angry. It's like oh. all right. So I will say I know enough about that comic story to know that they just completely screwed that whole thing up. All right. So Marvel so, looks like they're not doing the best anymore, are they? Ah, ah. Well, no. Ah. We could t- I could tear apart Endgame, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're talking about the Green Lantern. And just we're here to talk about the, the Green main Lantern. point is to let people know that don't go into it thinking it's going to be some end or whatever end war type movie. That's to let you no. know that it it. But it's also sorry. It is the symbol in the dark. But don't go into it expecting a good origin story either. It literally is like we dropped into the middle of the story. Yeah. It didn't give you it's with just a it's what we call a dry run it's like right when you're about to take it <laughs> it's like right when you're about to take a giant like state exam and your teacher's like here study this for two minutes and it's like okay well, I, I left my flashcards at home i don't know what i'm doing yeah um yeah seriously guys if you haven't seen this movie you know or if you have and just have bad thoughts about it i encourage you to give it another try i'm a big I'm a believer in second chances in movies, and I'm glad I gave this one a second chance. Or just so. pause it on Ryan Reynolds' obliques for like 10 minutes, and then you'll be happy. Yeah, you know. Feel, um, feel encouraged. Feel like, oh, I can look like that too. Yeah. If I had like three nutritionists on staff and a couple of personal that can, That's like, it's one of those commercials <laughs> like for like a fitness trainer. It's like, this is what you could look like. And it's Ryan Reynolds and it's the other guy. This is what you look like. And your forehead's all deformed and like uh, sitting no. there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just sitting over here with my three McLarens in my four star mansion garage. I hate those freaking advertisements. Oh my God. Uh, have you ever seen the advertisements for like where um like go visit California and stuff like that and they get all the stars yeah. and you know their homes and stuff like that? Like, oh, we're just average people. You're not an average person. Shut. People up. think we're all snowboarders and it's the snowboarders or winemakers and it's a dude at a vineyard. I'm like, you yeah, guys are Napa Valley dicks. Given the fact that Hal Jordan is not the only person to take on the mantle of Green Lantern in the comics, this much I do know. Do you think Hal Jordan was the right choice to go with in the movie, or would you have rather seen another character highlighted? Uh, I think it would have been a cool twist to see the fear ring land on his best friend. Interesting. So when they're discovering, and you get to see kind of him with Ryan Reynolds trying on the suit and, you know, actually testing out the ring, you can see his friends kind of jealous a little bit. I think it would be interesting to have the ring fall over that. That would be interesting, but would you would you have rather what's the what's the question I'm really looking for here? So I mean, but were you okay with the whole Hal Jordan storyline, or would you have rather seen another Green Lantern character on film? I think on screen, definitely another Green Lantern character, like the one from Justice League. I forgot what his name is. Um, I think he played an important part just because, I mean, we don't have a whole lot of black superheroes mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. when it comes to being in the limelight of things. I mean, we got what? Uh, black Panther. Black Panther. And then what's the other dude? Hawk. Black Lightning. Oh, that's DC, isn't it? Yeah. Black Lightning. Who's the the Hawk dude from? Oh, Falcon. Falcon, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, Sam. Like, I want to see a Static Shock movie. Do you not know who Static Shock is? Keep looking at the blank stare on my You got to look up Static Shock after this. That is my childhood cartoon. Oh, my God. He flies on a sewer the grid. Name, hold on. The name The name of it's familiar. I'm actually going to look it up real quick. He static has the shock, power of electricity, shock. hence Static. But, no, he, like, flies on a giant sewer grate. He has the best costume of them all. Um, Electro has the power of electricity, too. Look up Static Shock. I'm looking. I'm looking. He's static got a purple shock. jacket. That has yellow on the inside, where's like a white, like kind of hockey mask type thing. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember this. Okay, all right, all right, I know what you're talking about now. I never watched it, but I know what you're talking about. I definitely think how Jordan was a good way to go, though. I just feel like they should have taken a little bit more time into his story, like I said. Yeah, and yeah, I mean uh, that's just the best way to put it. And uh, take a little bit more time into his story. Just spend a little bit more time talking about the. Uh, the court, you just introduced so many concepts and really didn't elaborate on any of them. And then, of course, the movie bombed. So I don't think DC and Warner Brothers were in a hurry to try to get any more out there to elaborate on. So maybe this reboot that we're getting soon will be the Green Lantern we deserve. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Who would be, who would be the... Ryan Reynolds can't be the Green Lantern again, so who would it be? Who would you choose? Well, it depends on which Green Lantern character they're going to go Hal Jordan with. again, probably. All right. Well, if they decide to go with Hal Jordan um, in today's... Either, I would have to say, it has to be Ryan Reynolds again, or it has to be Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, Ryan Reynolds can't do it again. And I have a feeling that will come down to a contract or thing between his, the like DC and Marvel. Who could do it? And I'm not a, I don't think Neil Patrick Harris could do it. Why? I, don't, I don't have anything against Neil Patrick Harris. I think he's a great actor. Challenge accepted. I just no offense to him. I think he's a little too. Can old you imagine the role. things he could create with that ring? Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be hilarious. But I think ideally, he's a little too. He old. just tossed a purple dildo at Gal <laughs> Galax. No clue. Who would you choose besides uh, besides Neil Patrick Harris? Seth MacFarlane. Uh, if they were doing the entire movie as an animation, yes. No, I feel like he'd be perfect. He's got the body for it, and he, but he's got the his mind creating things with that ring would be so freaking hilarious. I could see it. I could see it, but then I could also see Seth MacFarlane wanting to be like there as a creative writer or something like that for the movie and then the movie would just end up being a comedy more than anything else you know no offense i love seth mcfarland maybe movies. that's the attention it needs <laughs> maybe okay that's maybe that's what we need why don't we ever have a superhero movie that's funny why does everybody have to die because the best end war changed the game when they made it funny well uh, the marvel movies always had some sort of sense of comedy to them Yes, but I believe more of it makes it more entertainable. If you're not going to do a lot of the action, then at least give me a lot of the humor so I'm at least having fun throughout the movie. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't have an answer for you as to who I would think would be a good Green Lantern Hal Jordan nowadays. I stumped you. I, I, I can't think of one actor that I would even want to consider seeing in the role. John Goodman. <laughs> I'll buy it. I'll what do you do, mean I'll, I'll have be, to charge the fucking ring? 
What do you mean I got to charge it before I use it? I don't know where I put it. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh, Shit, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. Ooh, Elijah Wood. But he's too short. But he'd be funny. Okay, your face just says it all right there. Elijah Wood is actually a good uh, good person I would choose. Wow, you agree with me? Yeah, that's a good one. See, but he's just he's short, but you can kind of get over that. Camera angles. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to detach Frodo from that guy. Yeah, I mean it's doable. He's done stuff since. That's I feel like he would be a bitch of the Green Lanterns. <laughs> <laughs> he's he- heading into the sun and he's like, I help guys, help, help, help. It's like, oh my God. Who brought Elijah? I, no, but he'd be used to the heat because, I mean, he had to go to Mordor. He'd have to stand, he had to go to Mordor to destroy to, the ring, so he's used to the heat. He'd have to stand on a phone book to kiss Blake Lively. Oh, so Blake Lively's going to be in the film. She has to be. <laughs> She's going to be in this one. Not, not Ryan Reynolds, but Blake. Or Kate Upton. Or Kate Upton. Ooh, here's one that I know you'll love. Let's just have Sandra Bullock play the role. Yeah, eat that coffee bean. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're really good. This is my this is my movie snack. It's coffee beans. It's after eight. Can you imagine that you're trying to watch Green Lantern? Are you hearing is? It's one of the reasons I actually don't like going to the movie theaters because everybody's so obnoxiously loud with their snacks. Like I brought a bag of sun chips in one time. Wow, you had to have been the most hated person. I stopped eating them after I opened up the bag. I took one chip out and I was like, this is too much. Yeah. That that's a little that's a little crazy. What's the weirdest thing you've ever brought into a movie theater? The weird uh, I don't know about the weirdest. I, I took a whole pizza in once. Uh, I took Chinese food in once. I went with I went to the movie theater with somebody who refused to pay concession stand prices for popcorn, so she popped popcorn before she left the house and brought it in in her bag. But I, I can't think of the weirdest thing I've ever brought into a theater aside from pizza and Chinese food. What about you? Pizza and Chinese food is a, f- a weird one. I have to say, I, I think my grandma bought in like um, some buffalo ch- uh, chicken soup or something <laughs> one time, like with tinfoil and all. It was really weird. I felt really out of place. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, what? Like, I think we just went from like a Ruby Tuesday right to the movies. Oh, nice. And like, it was, yeah, so we just opened up what we had. Like I had a container of like seafood and I'm eating it in the theater. And I'm like, this is, there weren't, there wasn't anybody in there. So I didn't feel bad, but it was just weird. You know what no, I mean? It's not like the traditional movie snack. Um, uh, my buddy John and I took a bottle of E&J Brandy once to see I Am Legend. And it's probably why I don't remember half the movie. That is a movie that is very memorable to me. The only thing I really remember about that movie is uh, Will Smith and his dog. And the fact that they had, they basically predicted Batman versus Superman long before Batman versus Superman was ever announced. That's all I remember. That is true. Hanging on one of the buildings in New York City. Mm -hmm. Literally before any of that was thought of, because I mean, Dark Knight hadn't even come out yet. Batman Begins had, but Dark Knight hadn't even yet. So nobody was thinking that far ahead. I am a legend is the perfect prediction for what's happening with coronavirus. People are going to get the cure, and then, and then six months later, they're going to turn into these zombies. 
I think the coffee bean is probably the worst snack to have in a theater because now it's stuck in my teeth and it's like juicy fruits. It's like when popcorn gets stuck in your teeth too. Oh. I I like smart uh, sweet tarts. That's my favorite snack to have at theaters, but I never take them because I will finish a whole box in five minutes and then I will feel sick afterwards. That's how I am with snow caps until my grandpa was like, try juicy fruits. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention about the Green Lantern? He's an amazing hero. He's a soldier. He's a man of many faces, many talents, many muses. And I think the whole point of the movie really shows unity in between the groups of people he has to work with, the whole Lantern Corps. And hopefully in the new movie, if they make one, it's supposed to do with the fear side of the ring. There's supposed to be a whole Lantern Corps developed under the fear ring. And I'm kind of hoping to see that because I think that'd be pretty cool. They spent a lot of time just dealing with that one conflict and not thinking about something that's happening in like the Tibetan mountain somewhere. <laughs> like focus on one act, please. Thank you. I do. I, I do love the fact that um, Green Lantern is a very unique character in the fact that it, I, he is just human. He's human and he's not special until he puts on a ring. And that's what I love about Batman. Batman is just a human person, and he's not special until he has all his millionaire, billionaire equipment. Iron Man is not special, but he puts on a suit, and all of a sudden, he's like the best. That's why these characters are pretty awesome. But what I like about it, too, is that from the humanity aspect is that they are all shocked that he was chosen to be the new... Green Lantern because he's human and according to them it's a race that is so young and still so volatile that they don't understand how he was chosen because there's no way that he could be ready to take on that mantle and he proved to them that the human race is imperfect they're young they're stupid they're impulsive but they do have hearts and they do have will to want to do good sometimes the smallest one has the brightest fire beautiful absolutely beautiful so that's why i think green lantern is the shit and even though it's not going to be in my top 10 movies of favorite movies that i want to watch it's definitely going to be a rewatchable movie and something that i will look forward to rewatching again the agenda. No, uh, I mean, unless you have something more you want to add. I, I I ended it on a perfect quote. You did. And I think this and is just the perfect place to stop. So roll the credits. Roll those credits. Roll that beautiful beam footage. Rob, thank you so much for joining me again on this episode. Uh, thank you for encouraging me. And Justin, shout out to you. You were also encouraging me to rewatch this movie. I'm glad I did. I enjoyed it. Everybody's now encouraging me to rewatch Midsummer. I'm going to be honest. I'm not looking forward to doing it, but I promised y'all I would, so I will. And I'm just happy to see you grow. Oh, see you connect with all these other movie guys. Thank you. Yes, and yeah, I love all the connections that you have been like my podcast mentor. So I appreciate podcast friend, podcast friend, podcast. Okay, a friend in general, a friend. In yes, yes. Uh, you want the best friend title? Do you want podcast best friend? Can I just be Rob? That's fine. Rob it is.
Okay, Rob, I'm going to go ahead and end it here. Guys, thank you for joining us on this episode and stay tuned for the next one. And in the meantime, COVID's happening, so you're not going to the movies. So watch movies at home. Watch all the movies you can. Spring back a drive through. Drive ins are coming back, and I'm excited. That's what I talked about in today's episode that went up. Yes. Uh, I'm so excited to see those articles where all these places are embracing the drive in. I, there's a. <laughs> We're not ending this episode yet. So there's this place that's literally like two miles down the road from me. It's this huge like piece of land. And I had told my buddy, this would be a perfect place to do a drive-in theater, quite honestly. And then all this stuff starts happening and drive-ins are going to be a huge thing again. And I'm like, man, I really wish I would have just... I always come up with these business ideas and I never follow through on any of them. And I really wish I would have done that this time. And I wanted to show classic movies. And unfortunately, one of the classic movies I wanted to show is now a controversial movie, according to everybody. And I can't show it anymore. Gone with the Wind. We're all just gone in the wind. Not that gone in the wind. Uh, but yes, I'm excited for drive-ins. I'm glad they're coming back. And I honestly can't wait to go to one when one does come near me. Because the nearest one is like two hours away, and I'm not going to go drive two hours just to go watch a movie. Um. And that, as they say, is that. <laughs> <laughs>